Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We forget that there's power in our shout. We did a whole series called Sound about the importance of what we say and the sound we make. And I just encourage you this morning that uh, when you're going through a tough time, it's not, that's not the time to get quiet on God. I, I think sometimes we just got to shout our way through. Amen? And so we're excited today. Well, happy Father's Day to me. Uh, yeah. I, I started to sing it like a happy birthday song. I told you last week that today was my Father's Day gift to myself. And uh, so I'm extremely excited this morning. Uh, we have a special guest as part of our Voices series. Um, and I've been trying to think of how I could introduce him. I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to tell a story and then I'll tell the truth. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell the story first. No, this is true too. This is totally true. One of my favorite all-time memories of Brother Buckram being with us in camp meeting was uh, on one particular evening, uh, we had a guy that used to come to West Oklahoma, and he would set towards the front. I think he was just a few fries short of a Happy Meal, all right, I think. Uh, but when, when a preacher would start getting, like, really into it, and he enjoyed it, his favorite statement, rather than saying amen, is he would say, ring that bell, preacher, ring that bell. And that's cool, except Brother Buckham was ringing the bell regularly. And so he was, like, saying that constantly. Y'all ever been in a church for some, some? Okay. All right. And so he just keeps saying it. Ring that bell, preacher. Ring that bell, preacher. And it was becoming, I guess, becoming annoying. I don't know. And uh, so Brother Buckham's going, and he's preaching, and he just keeps doing it. Ring that bell, preacher. Ring that bell. And finally, Brother Buckham, in the middle of his sermon, looked at him and went, ding, ding. And turned around and just started right back preaching. Shut him down the rest of the night. He kept ringing the bell, but he just didn't say anything. But uh, I am so excited this morning. Uh, one of my heroes in the faith. I, I could tell you all about, I, I mean, I could tell you he's been a pastor since the late 70s. I could tell you uh, he's a church planner. He's, he planted a church 10 years ago. Um, brave soul. And uh, I could tell you he's a bishop in the denomination. He's part of all, all that. Uh, but uh, last night he made a statement at the dinner table and uh, said, if I could choose, if I had gotten to cho choose a family, I would have chose the Ely family to be a part of. I said, what? I said, you didn't know this, but you're too late. We already chose you. So the way I want to introduce my friend this morning to bring the word is I want to introduce to you my brother. He is my brother. My brother Buckram is going to come and lead and, and, uh, Take us into the word this morning. Brother Buckram, come take your liberty. Bring the word this morning. Good morning. Well, it's good to be here today, and we bring you greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus, whom to know right is life eternal. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It's good to be here. It's good, as someone said to me not long ago, it's good to be alive. It's good to be seen and not viewed. And I praise God for being here today. It is a singular honor for me to be back uh, in Oklahoma, where I used to come with a great deal of frequency. And it's good for me to be with the Ely family. Now, I don't want to give a whole lot of uh, preliminaries because... For some reason or another, I believe that people now that this generation is bulleted in its attention, it's shortening its attention span, and it wants you to get to the thing hurriedly. If they ask you what time it is, they don't want you to tell them how to build a clock. And so I want to avoid that. But this morning, I hope you will indulge me just to say a few things that I need to say. Uh, and I want to commend this pastor. This is a, uh, I am so proud of him that I don't know what to do. Uh, I am so proud of him that I don't know what to do. I'm so proud of what God is doing in him. And you know what? He might have thought that he was bringing me here to be a blessing, but I have been, a, I have been blessed. Based on what I have observed already, 
what I have seen, what I have heard from him, what I have learned as a result of being here. The, the, I, I thank God because he's given me the ability to be elastic. I can stretch. And he is stretching me. Now, um, by the way, you, know, you don't know how radical it is for me to stand up here without a, a coat and a towel on this morning. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna have to go back and get in sackcloth and ashes, I guess, because <laughs> if, if my members and congregation could see me, they would. Th- has, has I passed or lost it? Is this elevator going to the top, or is it just stopping on the mezzanine? Be- you don't know how radical it is for me to be here, because I, I, my custom and tradition, and culture, you got to be dressed, but. Guess what? I'm, I'm standing without a tie on a shirt this morning, and I don't feel like divine judgment is going to knock me down. So this is good. And the other thing is, is teaching me that you have to be contextual. Paul said, I became all things to all men, so that by any means I might gain some. And I was warned about the informality of this congregation. But isn't it more beautiful to have a church full of informal people than one with, where people at, are dressed at home, isn't it? And so I'm just glad to be here. And I'm glad to learn that God has other sheep that are not of this fold. Them too I must bring until there is one shepherd and one, one flock. So now, so I thank God for Brother Steve and what God is doing through him and his lovely wife, uh, Sister uh, 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 Sister Julie, I, I, I know in our church, I'm just going to call her the pastor's wife. In our tradition, uh, now you know the, 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 the term of popularity is first lady. And uh, I don't particularly like that. Someone asked me once, about, was asking me about my wife and how was the first lady. I said, who are you talking about? Mary, the mother of Jesus? <laughs> Amen. But I thank God for this wonderful woman that is standing next to him. Now, let me say this. I, I also thank God because Steve, whatever he is that's good, know this, is in his DNA. When I say this, this is not, I'm not being, okay, I don't want, I, I used the term years ago, I was out with a group of Pentecostal holiness preachers and someone was paying me a real flowing comment and uh, I looked over and I said, oh, you know, he's engaging in hyperbole. And somebody asked, what does that mean? And the late Bishop Floyd Williams says, that's Greek for lying. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to engage in hyperbole this morning but, or exaggeration. But here's what I want to say. His dad, I'm along with his mom, but especially his dad, is one of the greatest men of God I have ever met in my life. One of the greatest men of God. And I met a lot of them. I met a lot of men of God who weren't men of God. But this man embodies all the characteristics that a servant of the word ought to embody. And I thank God for him. And, and I'm serious. If I, if I could have chosen my own relatives... Uh, he would have been one. He would have been re- a relative of mine. And I, I know I, had, I would have a lot of explanation to do when you look at the pigmentation. <laughs> Amen. When you look at the pigmentation. <laughs> Either I'd have a lot of explanation to, explaining to do or he'd have a lot of explaining to do. But I thank God for him. And we're like family. And so Steve is... Is, uh, is, is, I guess I can call him my little nephew, my nephew. And, um, uh, and now he, ha- he has those children of his own, so I have great nephews. That's enough. Anyway, I, I better stop at that generation. Now, um, Pastor, did you, did you have my text? Do you have them listed? Okay. May I have the text? Do y'all, do y'all get very, I mean, do y'all get loud? No. Now, I tell you, I move with the flow. I told you I'm contextual. 
if you sit and look at me, I stand and look at you. <laughs> but if you get with me, we might have some church here today. Amen? And here's what I believe. If you're going to come to church, you ought to have church. Hallelujah. I can't have it like I used to. I can't run like I used to. And I can't kick like I used to because I used to kick and run. But I can still pick him up a little bit. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Mm. Well, so let me talk to you today. Those of, those of you who have Bibles, uh, you may turn to Matthew. I have three texts. Matthew 14, 19 is the first text. And they are different texts. And they are different contexts. But there is a common thread that runs through each one of them. Matthew 14, 19. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Mark 14, 3. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And finally, Acts chapter 27 Verses 43, 44. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land heavenly father please bless us today as we stand to impart your word to your people hide me in the cross of calvary grant that i will not speak with enticing words of men's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that the faith of your people might not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Save someone here today who does not know thee in the free pardon of his or her sin. Sanctify believers. Fill with the Spirit. Bring deliverance. Set the captive free. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, having heard those three scriptures read, there is a common theme. Have I given you the, have you seen the subject? Did you? You did see it. See, had you not seen the subject, I was going to ask you, what was the common theme? What is it? Brokenness. Brokenness. And I want to talk to you this morning about uh, blessed through brokenness. Blessed through brokenness. How many of you are familiar with the Hemingway sisters, the actresses, Margot and Marielle. Anybody? Okay. Two statuous women. Obviously, Margot died, committed suicide. Two statuous women, beautiful women, actresses, models. And as I've said, one of them committed suicide. Now, if you know their background, and if you knew who their grandfather was or if you know who he is, you find, you, you discover or you know that that was a family characteristic because their grandfather was the great American novelist and newspaperman, Ernest Hemingway. He wrote For Whom the Bell Tolls, 
the sun also rises, the old man and the sea. Great writing. But it, none of those writings really concern me this morning. What I am attracted to is something that Hemingway once said, and here it is. The world breaks everyone, and afterward, some are strong at the broken places. The world breaks everyone, and afterward, some are strong at the broken places. Now, that's somewhat ironic in our day, maybe not very popular, even in the church world, in the Christian community today, because we live in a church age in which discipleship, unfortunately, has been made cheap. The great theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, talked about cheap grace. Everything is easy. When you get saved, life is, a, is an Alice in Wonderland experience. You shouldn't undergo any suffering. We, I mean, we don't like to hear about suffering and brokenness. Some believe that when Christians talk about the blessedness of suffering, that they are uh, sadists. They like to see pain inflicted on others. Or maybe some are what they call masochists, who enjoy inflicting pain on themselves. Is there something crazy about people talking about, I want to be, I want to suffer for his sake? Or is there something contradictory about a Savior saying, take up the cross and follow me? Voluntarily assume suffering if you are going to be my disciple. What is the blessing of suffering? Oh, I want to have it all. I, I, I don't want to be broken. You see, because broken means that I'm going to be torn and I'm going to be hurt and I'm going to be splintered and I want to be whole and cohesive and integrated. I don't want to be broken. I don't want to suffer. cross. I want a throne. I don't want to know him and the cornea, the fellowship of his suffering. I just want to sit with him on his throne. Now, for some reason or another, and it will take eternity to reveal his purpose, but God has chosen Suffering as a vehicle of spiritual disciplining and maturing. I know that doesn't sound good. I know somebody says, I, I don't want to hear that. My life is already messed up. I'm already hurting. I need relief. I do not understand it yet, and I, I, and I tell you what I have learned. I've been, I, 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 I'm not commanded to understand all of God's ways. I'm just commanded to obey them. Even when I don't understand it, I don't know why God uses suffering and why he has to break me, but I can say this. There are some individuals over the course of my life I know who have not gotten to the place of spiritual maturity without suffering or without before they got where God wanted them, God had to break them. Amen. 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 
And it hurts. But the psalmist said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. For in my trials, I learned your statutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It wasn't good to me at the time. But in retrospect, I realized that it was good for me. So I thank him for the mountains. And I thank him for the valleys. And I thank him for the storms. Oh, I feel a little churchy right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I couldn't say that when I was going through. I was saying, God, Lord, help me. I was saying, Lord, why? Not Jesus leap, not Jesus keep me near the cross, but Jesus take me from the cross. I didn't understand it at the time. But there is something about brokenness that matures and disciplines and sanctifies believers. Now, here's, here, here's how I want, here's how I really want to prove this point. There are three, there are three things, there are three examples, and these are material, I'm, I'm using things symbolically. If, 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 if I was teaching uh, literature or something like that, I would call them a metaphor. I would use, uh, there, there are three symbolic things that are material that I want to de develop a spiritual, I want to develop spiritual principles out of. And so, and so here's what I want to il illustrate to show you how brokenness can be a blessing. I want to talk about three things, and, and, and can I give them to you? And may I ask by giving them to you in advance? Now, what I should do is, is not give them to you so you can stay awake to hear them. Amen. I, if I give, I'm going to give you the outline. If you promise me that you will stay awake and hear the meat on the, on, on the bone. Amen. So, so here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about three things. Broken bread. Broken box. And a broken boat. Now, the first one. Broken bread. That was from Matthew 14. Jesus having ministered, healing the sick, and even though it does not say it in Matthew 14, and perhaps we get a little bigger glimpse of what happens in Matthew 15, uh, Matthew 6, I'm sorry, John 6, but in Matthew 14, uh, at the end of the day, a crowd who is following Jesus obvious, obviously comes to the end of the day. And uh, it is time for them to eat. They're probably hungry. And uh, the disciples says the day is ended. And you need to send them back into the city to get victuals, to get some food. We basically don't have anything. And so the, 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 the answer of the disciples was, send them away. Now, that's not what I'm preaching about this morning, but since I'm in the neighborhood, can I kind of ring the bell? That's right. That is so often the response of the contemporary church. With people in need and hurting and broken we want to send them to alternative sources for help. To the psychologist who really needs to be laying on the couch himself. Y'all ain't saying much. Send them away. But the Lord never sends away hurting and needing people. And listen at what he says to the disciples. Give them to eat. You feed them. And that's what he's saying to us. And that's what I see Steve doing here. This is what I see this ministry doing. Reaching out to those who otherwise would not have been reached. And they said, look now, but we only have, look, we only have here two fishes. That's, that's the English translation and by the way you all you you, you who are grammarians and linguists know that fish can be either plural or singular 
except when you're talking about different species. Then you use not fish, but fish is. We have two small fishes and five loaves of bread. And according to Matthew 14, 21, that small quantity to feed, it says five, here, here now, 5,000 men beside women and children. We talk about the feeding of the 5,000. That is a conservative estimate or underestimation. Because if you were to conservatively estimate that every man there had one wife, well, and you can't, well, anyway, one wife and one child, there is the possibility that you had five times three is. And in those days, they believed in having large families and hardly any use of contraceptives. <laughs> Let's say conservatively, 15,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish, fishes. But here's what happened. The Lord took those limited resources and blessed it and broke it. You get it? Now, and, and I just, will you just, let's don't talk that much about the fish, just about bread. If you, can you imagine five loaves of bread for at least 15,000 and you break it? And what happens? The bottom line is, if we read the text, they ate and we're all filled. That's, that's the English translation. The Greek word there is from the verb cortisol, which means they, were, they ate till they were satisfied. And then had 12 baskets left over. I tell you, when God does something, he does it in a big way. He fed the hungry masses, and then 12 baskets, one for each disciple. Up for each disciple. But how did it happen? After he prayed for it and after he blessed it, he broke it. And through breaking it, it was multiplied and increased. And scarcity became abundance. And deficits became surplus. And inadequacy became sufficiency. And they were all filled. I wish somebody would shout hallelujah in this place. Now, don't you want to increase? Don't you want to grow? Don't you want to multiply? Well, in order to do that, you got to be broken. Hallelujah. God use me. God bless me. God anoint me. God, do what you want to do with me. But you want to stay whole and together and have it all organized and everything in place. But before you can multiply and increase and meet the needs of those who are hungry, you have to be Now, you know what? If I had just told you you were going to get a million dollars, you'd be just clapping. <laughs> but you know what? Since you now know that in order to be increased and be used of God and to, be, and to go from inadequate to sufficiency through being broken, I want you to praise the Lord. Will you give God a praise now? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, bless his name. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm getting a little wind up now. This is, in my tradition, this is what you call, uh, uh, this is what we call uh, getting, getting, getting winded up, getting tuned up here. And uh, I, somebody asked me if I wanted somebody to play the organ. I, I don't know, but if I give you the signal, come up here, come, come up here and give me a note. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Now, here's the second thing. That's the broken bread. You, you see that? You, gotta, you want to be increased. You want to be multiplied. It's got to be broken. Cuts, torn. You think God is destroying you? All he's doing is getting ready to multiply you. He's getting ready to increase you. He's getting ready to expand. Glory to God. Woo! My. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody in here this morning feel like you're on the verge, you're on the precipice of destruction. I'm telling you all that's happening in your life is that God is getting ready to multiply you. God is getting ready to increase you. God is getting ready to expand you. Broken bread. Can I get to the second thing? If I can. Hallelujah. But I feel like having a little church here on the bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Now listen, here's the the second thing. A broken box. Now, here Jesus is in the house in Bethany. Y'all know Bethany. That was really the hometown of Mary and uh, Martha and her brother Lazarus. Place where Jesus, about two miles outside of, of uh, Jerusalem, a place where Jesus tended to stop quite a bit when he was in the vicinity of Jerusalem. And uh, now, the text in Mark does not say it, but the text in John tells us that the lady, it, that Mark says a woman came with an alabaster box. John tells us it's Mary. So that, that's how we know who it is. And what happens is, in that alabaster box, which is, by the way, let me just kind of, that alabaster box, it could have been a flask or a jar. Alabaster was a a a mineral-like white marble, very, you know, uh, had its use. And in that alabaster box, there was, or container, there was a precious, very expensive ointment that was, aromatic, like perfume, perfume called spikenard. And this woman came to the house of Simon the leper where Jesus was, and she poured it on his head. And somebody said, uh, uh, why is she wasting this money? It could have been spent to give to the poor. Jesus said, "Let let her alone. She has come to anoint me for my burial. But, but here's what I want you to see. Contained in that alabaster box was precious, fragrant, aromatic ointment. But the smell was concealed because it was in the container. Lord, have mercy. But to let it out, she had to break it. Oh, bless his name. Am I too loud? I'm not too loud. Y'all are too quiet. Hallelujah. 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 Now, listen, two possibilities. If, If there was a flask, it had a seal. And therefore, in order to get, get it open, she would have to break the seal. But if it was a jar, she perhaps took a Blunt instrument, bow, and broke it. And that alabaster was lovely, pretty, scenic, but it wasn't the outside that was important. It was the content. And you know what? Within us, within you, and you, and you, God has beautiful, fragrant gifts 
freak abilities, competencies, and he wants it to come out. And before it can get out, sometimes he's got to break you. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, bless his name. But don't despair because it's not the breaking that's important. It's the fragrance when it comes out. The God wants the oil to come out. And when he breaks you, the anointing will flow. There is an overflow. An overflow of anointing. An overflow of ministry. An overflow of gifts. But you have to be broken. Oh, hallelujah. Can I get a witness in this place? Can I get an amen? Can I get a hearty amen? Can I get a hearty amen? Say yes. Say yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't mind it if he breaks me. I don't mind it if he hits me. I don't mind it if he bursts me. As long as the anointing can flow. I want the anointing to flow. I want his power to flow. I want the all to flow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, and then there's a third thing here. And it's really time for me to conclude it. Y'all don't know what you're doing. Come on here now. You never tell Fido to sick him. He may bite. Hallelujah. That's one last thing I want to talk about. A broken boat. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? Can I get a hearty amen? Say yes. Say yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going <laughs> to. Lord, have mercy. When I did that, I thought about uh, I had to preach at a, at a luncheon of the Pentecostal Fellowship of North America years ago. And I kind of got into that, that, little, that little thing you hear me getting into now. Amen. And I looked out there and I saw all of those white faces looking at me. And I thought, am I out of context? And then I looked up at them and I said, you know what? Y'all knew I was black when you invited me. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 I feel like having some church here now. I feel like having some church. I wish somebody would help me praise the Lord. I wish somebody would give him some glory. I wish somebody would praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, do you see this boat? And this is a long narrative in, in Acts, Acts 27. So I've got to abbreviate it. And I can't go into all of the granular details because it is a sermon by itself. But just let me summarize it. Paul was being, was, ha was having to appear before Caesar in Rome. And he was going as a prisoner. And en route, he went on a boat. And they got on the sea. And a storm arose. A nor'easter that lasted for two weeks. They even gave it a name like we gave, give our hurricanes name. And they called it Euroclidon. It was a nor'easter that looked like it was going to tear up the ship that he was in. But, and, and, and everybody on the ship was getting nervous. There was a crew of 276. But Paul said, I had a dream. I had a dream. And God showed me that the ship would be destroyed. But no life will be lost if you stay on the ship. And that's what I want to say to y'all today. You're going to go through some things. There are going to be some hardships. But stay on the ship. Don't get off. It'll get 
difficult sometimes, but stay on the ship. Friends will leave you, but stay on the ship. People will walk away from you, but stay on the ship. It'll get lonely sometimes, but stay on the ship. Stay on the ship because God will take care of you. God will sustain you. He promised I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Say yes. Say yes. Lord, have mercy. Lord, Lord, have mercy. So they stayed on the ship, and the storm kept raging. They threw off cargo, but the storm kept raging. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then they lowered the boats to get off the ship. And, 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 the, and the officers on the boat, who were basically the guards, thought, to kill the prisoners huh? it let, unless they would escape. Huh? And then, hallelujah, they got in boats. Huh? But when the ship almost, when the ship came to a heavy, to a reef, huh? it tore into pieces. Huh? And everybody was in the water. Hallelujah. And they began to swim to shore. And somebody stood up and said, the ship is broken, but there are remnants in the ship. The ship is broken, but there are pieces in the ship. And everybody got a piece of the broken ship to swim to shore. And that's what you got to do sometimes. The thing that is carrying you will break up. But remember what you originally started with. Uh, there's still a remnant of the ship. Uh, there's still a remnant of the boat. Uh, sometimes you've got to hang on uh, to a broken piece uh, and God will take you through. Uh, there ain't nobody there to talk to you uh, but hang on to the ship. Uh, get your broken piece uh, and God will take you to shore. Uh, thank you Jesus. Uh, on broken pieces of ship uh, you can make it to shore. Uh, yes uh, and God will bless you and God will keep you and God will sustain you and God will help you say yes say yes come on and give God the praise today come on and praise the Lord come on and praise him all over this place come on and praise God all over this place Come to your feet. Well, But the old man is tired. The Holy Ghost preacher feels like keeping on. But the senior citizen says stop. Blessed through brokenness. I wish I could give you all of the facets of the mysteries of God and why God is doing whatever he's doing in your life and you don't understand and I can't understand it. Why things are coming apart and disintegrating seemingly. The things that you thought were cohesive and hanging together seem to be hanging apart. But God has an unrevealed agenda. Just like he did that bread, he is breaking you so you can multiply and increase and grow and be fit to meet the needs of those around you. 
like that alabaster box full of precious ointment, aromatic odor, and, and all that will flow and minister. He's breaking you to release it. Why is he doing it that way? I don't know. Let's talk about it in the by and by. <laughs> Let's ask him in eternity. When You see, we only see through a glass darkly. We know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away with. Why does God let me get in situations where everything is broken up, splintered and disintegrated? I don't know, but I tell you what, I promise you this, that in the midst of the brokenness, he'll preserve a remnant so you can make it to shore to safe harbor. I can't answer all of the intricacies and the confusing details of your life right now. But God is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Listen. Somebody heard the word today and maybe it has spoken to you in a deep in a recess of your life and you want to come for prayer. You want us to pray for you. You want to reach out and touch God at a different and a newer level. You want a higher height, deeper depth. You want a spiritual fullness. You want the all to flow. You want to be that broken vessel. Will you come this morning? Come, come. Come on. Come on. There's room at the cross. God is at work in your life. It may, look, it may look like destruction, but it's providence. You don't have all the answers. But being persuaded of this one thing, that he who hath begun a good work in us will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Come on today. Come to the altar today. God is speaking to you. God is prompting you. God is here to assure you. God is not finished with you yet. Every head in this place bowed and every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. and I want you to pray the prayer of faith.
want to make one last appeal. Or, or maybe you want to just come and stand with someone else and you want to help minister to those individuals. Father, though it may seem that everything that brought us to this point, everything that carried us with safety and shelter has been shattered. You promised to give a peace, a peace that we could take hold of that would bring us to the safety and the harbor and deliverance. And Lord, we bring these that have come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Broken, shattered, in pieces. But you're going to do a work of multiplying. Out of what seems to be loss, there's going to come wholeness and gain and increase. What seems to be lost is going to come forth in the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The fragrance of your presence, the smell of your power as it's released through their lives. And Lord, we're not going to let go of that peace. We're not going to sink beneath the waves of brokenness and loss because it's going to support us all the way home, all the way to the harbor. And right now, in the name of Jesus... Multiply that oil of your spirit in their life. Multiply that anointing and that provision. Bring them into that maturity and that deliverance and that safe harbor. Bring them to the safe harbor that you have for them. Bring them into your presence, Lord. Healed, hold, delivered, supplied in every way safe. In every way filled with your spirit in every way protected by your presence in every way made complete and whole Lord I believe you're doing it right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Lord I am broken my life is in pieces but your strength is perfect in all of my
There's an issue that I want to bring to your attention before we go. I think the challenge with brokenness, when the Lord uses brokenness in our lives, is that some of us become trapped by the instrument that he used for our good. I'll never forget that Dr. Carpenter uh, used to come up to me all the time. And he made this statement to me over and over again. And I thought it was a cool statement. And then I experienced some of it and I didn't like it so much. But he used to say to me, he said, What will determine whether you're great or not is your threshold for pain. And the reason that some of us never experience the greatness that God has for us, the release that Dr. Buckton was talking about, is because we not only don't like pain, we despise pain. So what happens is, is that God sends or allows things to come into our lives to break us. And we're so caught up in the pain of that breaking that we never see the end result, which was supposed to be the product of greatness. And this is what I know. I know most of your stories. And I see some of you that have been broken by divorce and no greatness has been produced because you're still mad at the person that and I, I know some of your stories and have seen you go through unexpected tragedy and death and sickness but no greatness or anointing has been released yet because you're still wallowing in the pain and you're caught up in that and God's standing there going if you don't get over that, then what I allowed to happen is wasted. Wasted. You went through it for nothing. How many of you know if you flunk kindergarten, you know the result? You repeat kindergarten. The same is true for brokenness. If you don't allow God to produce the product, which is the anointing, and the ability to meet needs of other people that are going through what you went through. If you don't allow that to take place, newsflash, you have to go again. Another time around. And I'm watching some of you go through brokenness after brokenness after brokenness after brokenness. And then you go, why? Because you didn't get it the first time. And I don't want that for us. I don't want that for you. And so what we have to do, I, I, we have to come to this place where we recognize, and we're going to talk about this in a few weeks because we're going to start a new series called The Game of Thrones. But we're going to have to recognize that if he allowed it, then he has a purpose for it. Why? Because he's a good, good father. It's more than a song. He's a good, good father. So if he allowed it, he had to have a purpose for it so we don't get caught up what he allowed. I want you to close your eyes and I want to think, I want you to think just for a moment about what you've been and I started to use the word through but that's not true for some of you because you're not through it. You're still in it. You haven't come through it. That's the problem. 
I want you to think about what you've been in, what you've been experiencing. It could have happened a month ago. For some of you, it happened two decades ago. I want you to think about the pain of, of what you encountered and what happened for just a moment. And I want you to feel that for just a moment. But at some point in this, this time, what I really want you to do is to come to grips with the idea that it was all part of the plan and that you've been set up. And it wasn't enjoyable, but it was part of the plan. And come to the place, and this is a hard place to get to, you got to come to the place where you're willing to thank Him. To thank Him for it. Because He must have loved you a lot. Because the greater the pain and the greater the brokenness, the greater the anointing that can come out of you. Father, I pray this morning for each of our folks, many of which I could go around the room and hand them the microphone and they could tell a story of brokenness. We've walked alongside many that have gone through unbelievably painful moments. Some are still in them. But God, I pray in this moment they would come to the place in their own heart and life where they enthrone you to the place that they recognize that if you allowed it, there had to be a purpose. And a switch would take place in their own spirit. And they would thank you for what they've been through because what they've been through produces in them a greater anointing. And so, God, this morning, I personally, I thank you for the brokenness of my own life, the painful moments of my own life, the medical challenges that I never thought I would face. I thank you for the moments that you teach us that our strength is not our strength. It's only in you. I ask you, Father, help us. I ask you to help me. God, we, we ask you to help us to release the anointing that comes out of that brokenness that brokenness and that's the that's the common thread that runs through everybody's life it's what we're drawn to in one another i pray that we would allow the brokenness of our, of our own lives to be attractive to other people that are being broken so that we can turn them to you and I pray that great anointing would rise. Father, there are some anointed folks in this house. But I pray that out of the brokenness of their own life, the anointing would increase. And that it would have a wider influence and a greater impact. I ask you to accomplish that. So that the pain that we've gone through is not wasted. And so we don't have to repeat. I pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Every head still bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, I do not know Jesus. I have not accepted him as my Savior. I have not made him the king of my life. And I recognize my own need for him today. If that's you, would you quickly just raise your hand? You can pull it right back down. We will not embarrass you. We just simply want to pray intelligently. Yes, there's one. Anyone else that would say, I need Jesus this morning? I need to surrender my life to him. Would you all join me in prayer this morning? And rather than having you repeat, let, let me just pray and you agree in prayer. And if you're the one that raised your hand, you believe this and, and ask Jesus to take over your life. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you came, that you died on a cross, that you rose again so that I could have relationship with my father, my heavenly father. Father, I thank you this morning that Jesus took the brokenness of our situation, took it upon himself, and it became the sacrifice, the, the, the one supreme sacrifice for all of us. And so we acknowledge Jesus as the Savior of the world. He's our Savior. We enthrone him as king. We make him the Lord this morning. We establish him as the king and the Lord of our lives. And we declare that we will live for him through his power, through his strength. And Father, we'll give you glory for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Would you touch your...
Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. 